Welcome back to the Look at God podcast. I'm your host and your sister in Christ, Nina Yamurai. I'm so blessed and so thankful that you've decided to join me once again. I want to jump right into prayer. We're going to continue on with our series about the physical body, and today's subject will be about beautifying the temple of God. Beautifying the temple of God. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much that you've blessed us to come together in holy communion. You have said in your word, wherever two or more are gathered together in my name, in the name of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, the Son of God, there you are. So be here now, Lord Jesus. Be here now, Heavenly Father. Be here now, Holy Spirit. Join us together in agreement to search, to know, and to glorify your will, your word, and your ways. I thank you, God. I cover the listener in the blood of Jesus. And I ask you, God, to open their ears, soften their hearts, give them the wisdom and the revelation of who Christ is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, welcome back. I'm really, really thankful that you decided to keep listening and keep exploring this subject about how we can continue to honor and love God through our bodies. So we've been kind of working through stages. At first, we discussed some principal things like in 1 Corinthians, how we hear from the Apostle Paul that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we understand that our bodies have physical connections to the spiritual world, to the spiritual realm, and how our souls, our minds, our wills, our emotions are also a part of who we are as human beings. And God is the God of all things, the God of your spirit, your soul, and your body. In the second part, we talked about some practical considerations, including getting adequate nutrition, um, things such as making sure that we are doing as much as we can, as much as the Holy Spirit is leading us to do, to stay away from things that might be harmful within our environments and things such as that. One thing I didn't mention in terms of a practical consideration, um, and I'll talk more about this when we're talking about soulish or mental health and well-being, is rest. Rest is so important. God gives us rest when we are in him. Christ said, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So in some ways, God is rest. Christ is rest. That's one of the benefits of being in him, having his spirit dwelling in us. That's one of the most amazing things about being born again is that we truly experience peace, peace, which as the Bible says, surpasses all understanding, no matter what is going on outside. I have so much peace as a believer. I have so much peace unlike ever before because God is rest. So when you have rest for your soul, not just rest in your physical environment, it's more than just quiet on the outside, but that quiet, that stillness in your soul, Oh, it does wonders even for your physical body. So I pray also that as you listen to this, you will receive rest for your soul by being pointed to the source of rest, which is God, Christ, Yeshua. God saves himself. Hallelujah. Okay. 
So that's what we discussed previously, but today we are going to be talking about beautifying the temple of God, beautifying the temple of God, hallelujah. Of course, we also have been building up the foundation that God is an artist, he's a craftsman, God is an architect, I mean, look at his design, it is so pristine, it is so perfect, it is so excellent. Every morning I wake up, I look outside of my window and I'm struck by the beauty of God. I'm in awe of it. You know, it's just oh, amazing. If you look at sunsets, sunrises, they speak, you know, they declare the glory of God. It says in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. And it's so true. Actually, I want you guys to turn with me to Psalm 29. Now, Psalm 29 reads, give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So as we know, temples, generally speaking, are places of worship. So in this psalm, we are being instructed to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So what we do within our temples, within our hearts, our attitudes toward God, the condition of our heart toward God and toward others, this is a form of worship. And we see here that it's this worship that causes us to be beautified in the beauty of holiness, which is the true beauty. So the first step to beautifying the temple of God is to worship Him in the beauty of holiness. It is written in John chapter 4 that we, the believers who trust in God, must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So the worship of God is the beginning. It's the key, the foundation to the beautifying of the temple of God. You see, God is not so concerned with the outward appearance as he is concerned with what's inside. You know, once Jesus was talking to the religious Pharisees in the scriptures and he points out to them how they focused and they obsessed so much with the outward appearance of something that they ignored the corruption that was going on within but God looks at the heart. The book of Samuel talks about how God looks at the heart, the heart condition. So I want to encourage you and I want to speak to you, my brother and my sister, to beautify the temple of God. You must be renewed in your mind. You must be restored in your soul. David cried out in Psalm 51, I believe, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. You see, we spend so much time polishing the external. <laughs> I know as women especially, I mean, we can invest in so many serums and potions, <laughs> you know, um, all these things focusing on polishing the body polishing what's on the outside, polishing the skin. You know, we talked in the last video about how there's a difference between rejuvenation and regeneration, right? So polishing the outside. God first wants us to polish what's on the inside, but praise him, praise God, because he doesn't call us to do this on our own. Instead, it is a result of being led by him, being yielding to him. You see, the keys in the kingdom of God, from what I've learned and what he has taught me, are in believing, trusting, 
yielding, and then receiving. You see, so you need to believe God. It is written in the book of Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please God, but he he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So step number one, believe God, believe in God, believe in what God has done for us all of us, but specifically believe in what God has done for you. What does it mean to you that Christ rose from the dead? What does it mean for you that Jesus Christ is alive even now? What does it mean that you are in him? What does that mean? Believe that. Believe his word. Believe him, okay? Number two is trust him. See, we can't just stop at believing in God. The book of James tells us that even the demons believe, so they know, okay? They know more than some human beings that God is real. You must remember that before what we call demons or fallen angels came to this earth, they were in the very presence of the holy God. They fell because they did not want to retain God in their knowledge. According to Romans chapter one, they did not want to retain God in their knowledge. That's what caused them to fall. You see the extreme error, the folly of the fallen angels and the demons is that they tried to teach and remain in the wisdom of God without God, thereby making it folly, foolishness. Okay, but we are not of that sort. So we believe God, but we trust God. That trusting in God is the same as retaining God in our knowledge. That means keeping the knowledge of God before you always, before you make any decision, before you do anything, you are keeping the knowledge of who God is. What you believe in is at the forefront of all other pieces of knowledge and awareness, right? So that's the trusting. It's the turning to God, right? But once you turn to him, there's another step. Number three, you yield to him. You see, when you yield, it means you submit. It means more than submitting you open yourself up to obey and do what that knowledge of God has shown you and is pointing you to, right? So the belief points you to the knowledge. The knowledge points you to the wisdom of God. And when you have the wisdom of God and you obey it, then the fourth step happens. You receive from God. You receive from God. Hallelujah. So remember the keys to the kingdom, believing, trusting, yielding, obeying, really yielding and obeying are very similar. You yield and you obey and then you receive. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless God. So those are the steps as well when it comes to anything. But in this discussion of beautifying the temple of God, of glorifying him, worshiping him and the beauty of holiness, you develop the beauty of holiness when you put all four of those things together. The more you believe, the more you trust, the more you yield, the more you obey, the more you do these things in combination and the more you allow yourself to receive from God, the more you will be walking in true holiness and thereby exhibiting, expressing that true, true beauty, the beautification from the spirit of God, the author of beauty, the author of holiness. That beautification is the sanctification, the cleansing of your soul, which is expressed in your body. Hallelujah. Praise him. God is 
is great. He is wonderful. Oh, marvelous are his works. And this our soul knows very, very well, as David said in the psalm we examined previously. So I just want you to, guys, to begin from that place of understanding, of receiving from God. Don't see beauty as something that you have to work for, but rather as something you can receive from God. And when I said you you need to allow yourself to receive from God, sometimes I know that from you know a perspective of, of walking with Christ newly, or if you're not yet in Christ and you're just trying to learn more about what real Christianity is all about, you can hear that and think, why do I need to learn how to receive? Well, in my experience, sometimes we have mental blocks. We have things that we have built up and developed in our minds, especially as well as our hearts, that are resistant toward receiving from God in one way or another. The Bible calls these things strongholds, strongholds or like fortified tire towers or defenses that are against the knowledge and receiving the love of God. So what happens is, as I said, when you're being renewed in your mind, God is step by step breaking those down. He's breaking down the strongholds. He's breaking down those barriers that keep us resisting his goodness. You see, God already loves you. He already has showered his grace, his mercy, his truth, his wisdom upon you. He already came in the flesh 2,000 years ago. God demonstrated on the cross just how much he loves you. Oh, he loves you so, so much, you see. But when you live in a world that has been feeding you with this toxic data, this toxic imagery, which says you are unworthy. You are not able to be loved. You must work to be loved. And all these things, you are not beautiful and so forth. These are the things that we can adapt and adopt in our very beings. Okay, And they are enabled oftentimes by the things that we have learned from others, including our parents, including our grandparents, how we saw other people around us relate to themselves, as well as things that are enabled by evil spirits in our environments who do not want us to receive from the love and the wisdom of God. Brothers and sisters, I really want you guys to take some time and meditate on the message of the Apostle Paul to us in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. I want you guys to turn there right now and I want you, I'm going to read some excerpts from it, but I really want you to use this as a point of meditation and study Ephesians chapter 1 to know who you are in Christ, what Christ has done for us, and what is available for you right now that you are in Him. So again, Ephesians chapter 1, please turn there with me. It is written, I'm going to start in verse chapter 3 of Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. Oh, there is so much there. Okay, we're going to take this in parts. And again, this is connected with the overall subject of beautiful 
beautifying the temple of God and what that really means. See how he begins in, in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. One thing that I want you to do again is have a paradigm shift about how you relate and view beauty. Don't see beauty again as something that must be worked, earned, you know, <laughs> because of hard work or anything like that or even bought, right? See beauty as a spiritual blessing. Think about this, guys. It is a blessing to witness beauty and the creation of God. As I said, when I wake up in the morning and I look out in the beautiful city that I live in, and I'm like, wow, look at God. This is so beautiful. I'm blessed by the beauty that I've witnessed. The same thing if I were walking through a forest, if I were at a beach, it's a blessing to witness the beauty of God. This is why people go to art galleries and so forth, because they are blessed by the beauty. They are blessed by the intention of the artist to deliver something to them that is not only edifying to their physical eyes, but also to their souls. You see what I'm saying? So if you see beauty for what it truly is, the true beauty, not the contrived artificial beauty. Again, the beauty of the world is not the same as the beauty of the creator of beauty himself, the eternally beautiful spirit of God. Hallelujah. Oh, whew, glory to God. <laughs> I'm getting really passionate and excited and joyful just speaking about it. You guys, God is beauty. God is wisdom. Everything we're taught to look at is virtues or characteristics, things that are static, that must be attained, things that can only be admired from afar, you must realize that God is everything good. The Bible says that everything good comes from the Father of lights. You see, God created everything noble, everything wonderful. Oh, hallelujah. It came from God. It comes from God. Therefore, it is a spiritual blessing. Beauty is a spiritual blessing. Beauty is a spiritual blessing. Here in Ephesians chapter 1, Christ, Paul is telling us that in Christ, through the redemption that we've been given in Christ, God our Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So if you see beauty as a spiritual blessing, you know you can turn to your Father in heaven in the name of Jesus and ask him, Father, give me the spiritual blessing of beauty. Give me the spiritual blessing to provoke and others the reaction that is natural in human beings when we are observing a sunset, a sunrise, a lily in the field. Hallelujah. Oh, God is capable of beautifying his own temple. You guys, you should read in the Old Testament about the measures that God went through when they were building the Ark of the Covenant, which was the physical host of the of God's presence on earth at that time. So we know now because we are in the new covenant, we're in Christ now. Okay. Christ took the place of the Ark of the Covenant and he is God himself, right? So if we are in Christ, as Ephesians chapter one tells us, when God was building the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, he picked out craftsmen in the people of Israel at that time. He bestowed upon them the gift of artistry, creative ability and gifts to be able to carve, to do woodwork and all these things in order to make the Ark of the Covenant in the specific dimensions, the specific 
qualities that he wanted in that ark. But as I said, we know that we are in Christ, right? We know that we have been born again, right? In him, in him. Hallelujah. Because we know that we are in him, we know that we can turn to him and just as he was concerned about the dimensions, the specifications, the precision, the artistry, and the excellence of the Ark of the Covenant, you again now, because Christ is in you, you are as the Ark of the Covenant to everyone who encounters you. Where you go, the spirit and the presence and the peace of Christ come with you. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise him. So turn to God. Ask God. to beautify his temple which is your body okay you do your part as we spoke about by being mindful about what you take in your body and also what you put out of your body okay through your words through your thoughts through how you perceive situations and people if you think on what is lovely you become what is lovely if you think on what is noble you become what is noble what is good what is pleasing before God set your mind on things above says the scriptures in Philippians Paul exhorts us to think to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to make our requests known to God so again don't be anxious about whether or not others will see you as beautiful whether or not you are beautiful or pretty enough or handsome enough or fit enough whatever it is don't be anxious about your health rather with prayer and supplication meaning with sincerity in your heart turn to God make your requests known to him ask God how to be healthy ask God how to provide your body with nutrients no matter what your budget is or other limitations that you feel you may have on your life right now that can make that difficult from your perspective but remember nothing is impossible with God nothing is impossible with God hallelujah Christ said nothing is is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> so nothing is impossible with God. I keep repeating that because you must know that. See, that's the mindset of faith. The mindset of faith says nothing is impossible with God. If God made me, God can breathe his very own spirit into me and over my circumstances at any time. If God resurrected Christ from the dead, which he did, God can resurrect every area of my life. You see, God's spirit is a resurrecting spirit. God's spirit is a resurrecting spirit. It is written in the New Testament. If God, if the spirit of God, which raised up Christ Jesus from the dead, who dwells in you, if that spirit raised, if that spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then the same spirit will resurrect or quicken your mortal bodies as well. Hallelujah. So we need to understand again, look to God and be specific in your prayers. In other words, be honest, be genuine, be pure and be real. Don't just come to God with a list as though he's Santa Claus, but come to him with your heart. This is why you have to become a God seeker a God pursuer. Seek the heart of God. Seek the heart of God. Oh, brothers and sisters. Oh, there is no joy like seeking the heart of God about anything. Pray for the zeal of God to come upon you. Zeal is an intense passion. Oh, okay. Ask God if you feel like I don't know how to pray. I can never get excited about God or his word or the Bible. Pray for that. The book of James, James chapter one, verse five says, any Anyone, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask 
God, ask God to receive a zeal to search him and desire him even more. Oh, I prayed to desire God. And that was one of the best prayers I could have ever asked for. Because when I started desiring God truly, I stopped desiring all the other things that were standing in that way. And that's how I learned how to truly trust God, how to truly yield and submit myself to God and then receive from him. You see, when you submit yourself to God, when you're yielding to God, it is also written in the book of James, submit yourself to God and the devil will flee from you. You see, so some of you might think, well, I have too many problems. I can't focus on following God right now. If you knew what I was going through, I can't focus on the things of God right now. I need to focus on this or that. I must solve this problem. No, understand the key. The solution is God. God is the way of escape. The book of Corinthians chapter 10, 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says in every temptation, God provides a way of escape. It says there is nothing that is taking place in your life right now, which has not happened before to any other human being. Meaning no matter what your problem is, it's not the first time that God will be hearing about it, okay? God is never going to judge you because of the place you're in and the problem that you're in. If anything, you bring judgment and condemnation upon yourself when you think you can bring yourself out of something when it's clear, God always provides a way of escape. Hallelujah. Oh, okay. This is not the, the direction I intended for this to go to, but I feel like if you're listening to this right now, this is God's speaking, God speaking through me to encourage you and exhort you, okay? There's nothing too big for God, nothing. I have seen God do miraculous acts. I watch God do miraculous acts all the time. And you see, this is the thing I'm telling you, the paradigm shift about beauty, the paradigm shift about anything else, your physical body, whether it's health, you know, healing, something we're going to talk about as well in this series on the physical body, true healing, how to get healing from God and walk in it and stay in the healing from God. What I'm trying to get you to see is that this is all about having a miraculous lens, a miraculous perspective, a miraculous expectation from God. He's the God of the miraculous, right? So again, as women, especially, we can be, you know, drawn and lured, seduced by these claims of these miracle products, this miracle, you know, solution to this and that, this miracle serum for your hair or your nails. Or Let me tell you, you don't need a miracle drug when you have a miracle working God. Oh, Hallelujah. You do not need a miracle working drug. Listen to me. He is God of body, soul, and spirit. He is God of all things. He intends you to beautify and glorify him in spirit and truth. People should look at you and see the countenance of God reflected back. He wants people to stop in their tracks and say, look at God, not because of you, but because of the light of Christ shining through you. Hallelujah. He wants sisters who would have otherwise gone into the world to search for all these false solutions, these false magical pills, <laughs> you know, into witchcraft, even a new age mysticism. He wants those sisters to look at you and say, what is it about you? And you can tell them, look, it's God. Let me tell you about Christ. Let me tell you about how he has beautified me with salvation and holiness. Let me tell you about the garments of salvation that he put on me from within. You see, I do not need any serum from this world. I need nothing from this world. I need God. God, look what God has done. 
use your beauty that he will give you or enhance in you to testify about the miracle working power of God. Okay, remember, beauty is a spiritual blessing in heavenly places with Christ. He uses it to glorify his name. When people look at flowers, they look at God, whether or not they realize it, okay? When people look at babies in all their innocent glory, they look at God, whether or not they realize it. So do not be ashamed to be beautiful. Do not be ashamed to ask God for beauty. Ask God for the things that Satan wants you to think you have to go through his means for if you want longer hair stronger hair clearer skin all those things go to god if you just want a healthier body to dwell in go to god okay if you want to know what you should wear how you should wear all these things don't look at men don't look at religion go to god hallelujah so i want to close this out by reading from one of my favorite 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 chapters in the old testament isaiah 61 it is written in isaiah 61 verse 10 i will greatly rejoice in the lord my soul shall be joyful in my god for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation he has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels hallelujah may you greatly rejoice in the lord may your soul be joyful in your god may he clothe you with the garments of salvation may he cover you with a robe of righteousness. May you be adorned with the ornaments of a changed heart and a pure spirit. May you have the jewels of a heart that is following and loving God. Hallelujah. I pray that you will get a revelation of who Christ is. Once you see how beautiful he is, oh, bless God, you will see how beautiful you are are in him remember it is never too late to call upon the name of the lord wherever you are remember whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved god's hand is there just reach out he will grab it hallelujah i stand in agreement for the salvation of your soul i stand in agreement that you will be beautified in holiness to the praise and glory and honor of the only true god the maker of heaven and earth father Son and Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Look at God. <laughs> Love you guys. And I'll join you in the next segment.